<laughs> Welcome back to Catechize, the podcast where we discuss the historic Reformed Confessions and Catechisms. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, St. John the Divine, uh, patron, the patriarch of Rome. Patron Jesus. saint of Assisi. Um, just kidding. You um, are the Roman pontiff, John. Yeah, I am the Roman pontiff. <laughs> uh, John was just in Rome. Also, we missed an episode without warning. Because we both forgot that the, the timing of our pre... We were pre-recording episodes to to compensate for scheduling conflicts that were coming up. Um, and we were both groomsmen in a wedding that was last Sunday. So <laughs> we totally missed the schedule there. Our apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things should be back to normal now that life yeah. is back to normal. It was funny. Um, we like... We like got to the wedding the day before to do the rehearsal, and we both were like, "Oh crap!" We yeah, we didn't record this week. <laughs> we accounted for every other thing going on in our lives except that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, so, um, married friends who may may or may not be listening. It's not yeah. that we forgot your wedding. Um, yeah, it's that we forgot that we were both in it and yeah it was just you know how you understand you guys are nice grace whatever um but we're back we're back in the catechism uh back in the the the, uh, season geez almost called it a series what am i british um (laughs) we are back in the season did you know uh, whatever um uh on on the means of grace we have wrapped up our discussion on the word of god and we are now working into the sacraments, which will become evident when we read this question. This is question 91. Um, yeah. so, I don't know. Do you have any preliminary thoughts, John, before we do our, do our read? Yeah. So, so uh, by way of reminder, you know, we, we talk about how we regularly have these questions in the catechism, sort of like table of contents questions that are like, all right, these this is are introducing the, the next yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, we talked about one, I can't remember the exact question, but where basically was explaining the means of grace. And it was the word, uh, sacraments, and prayer. So we talked about the word, and now we're on to the second one, the sacraments, sort of just uh, starting that out. And then um, we'll jump to prayer in the final season when we work through the Lord's Prayer. So that gives you kind of an idea of where we are in the catechism that could be helpful. Yeah. Sweet. Well, without Very further good. ado, shall yeah, we Yeah, you read it, and then I'll read it. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. I mean, we're saying the same thing. Yes. You read it, and then I'll read it, and we'll talk about it. All right. Here we go. Question 91 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. How do the sacraments become effectual means of salvation? And the answer, the sacraments become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them or in him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his spirit in them that by faith receive them. Nice. Again, question and answer 91 for you from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. How do the sacraments become effectual means of salvation? The sacraments become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them, or in him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his Holy Spirit in them that by faith receive them. Nice. Nice. So uh, basically in the main section where we talk about that, we're going to talk about Jesus and then the Holy Spirit and then faith. That's basically the breakdown. Um, Basically, what, what we want you to see, what we believe that the catechism summarizes well, is that the sacraments are God's work, which he accomplishes through his spirit in the lives of those who have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, God is working. Christ is working. That's what the sacraments are. They're the works of God. 
Yeah. Um, the and... the person active in them being worked uh, is the Holy Spirit, the divine person, rather. Uh, and then they are effective. They are effectual means of salvation specifically for the elect, for those who have faith. And so we'll, we'll highlight Christ, spirit, faith. Yeah. Yeah. And just, say? yeah, I was basically going to say one of the things me and Josh were talking about beforehand is that this, <laughs> you know, we always have our heresy of the week at the end. This question sort of feels like a direct sort of anti-heresy question right where it's very explicit in what it's refuting and so um we'll probably be a little briefer at the front end and maybe spend some extra time flushing it out in the history and heresy of the week for this one while um while this answer states everything positively or or yeah um not everything not by any virtue in them that's negative but the rest of it is stated positively but, but in every positive statement, so many negative assumptions or negative beliefs are being dismissed, primarily um, those from Rome, uh, but also those from, um, from modern evangelicalism as well, or Anabaptism, the, the kind of intellectual ancestor of what a lot of modern evangelicalism is. Um, so um, I think the, 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 the first... Well, I mean, I guess a couple maybe preliminary ideas is that um, this question almost assumes what has been stated earlier in in question 88, which talked about the outward and ordinary means of grace. And that what's assumed is that um, is that these are effectual for salvation, that 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 Mm. the, the sacraments, the Lord's Supper and baptism are not just nice traditions. They're not just fancy habits. They're not just things that Christians do. Um, um, uh, Although they are those things, if you remove the kind of sarcasm, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but, but they, they actually are a thing that is effective. Um, They're, they're powerful things that work towards and accomplish the ends, the goal, the purpose, which is the salvation of those who partake in them. Um, And that is assumed, which really like that already is a, 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 a calling out of the most um, modern evangelicalism, whether it be yeah. uh, non-denominational traditions, or is that even a, I guess it's a tradition, um, or a lot <laughs> yeah. of other things that, that if they ever uh, practice the Lord's Supper, and if they ever have baptisms outside of like summer camp, um, <laughs> uh, they, we talked about this a while back as well, this, this, Salvation Army feeling thing. Anyways, yeah. Um, if they ever do those things, they certainly don't think that it's anything other than whatever is being witnessed. There's nothing yeah. spiritually effectual about the the sacrament. Uh, and so already, this question and answer are saying to the vast majority of us, no, that's you've you've kind of missed the mark there. That, that, like, that's what this would have been telling me. Um, for most of my life Mm, is that I've missed the mark on what God's word teaches about the sacraments, that they are a thing that does a thing. It's not just a nice activity. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's not just like a nostalgia that God was like, do this in remembrance of me. Which he did say literally, but there's, it's not, there's, there's more. But the expression Um, is not, not, he doesn't say that as just like a, do Just remember this. the good old days or yeah, something like right. that. Yeah. yeah. It's, these are not mere calls to remembrance. I think the word yeah. mere is, is really important. Yeah. Uh, because they are. 
um, they the, the Lord's Supper. Well, we're gonna get into things that are for other ep- episodes. So yeah. nice try. Um, <laughs> my, my, bad. my no, it's my own, my own devious mind. Yeah, devious in the sense that it wants to deviate from whatever's <laughs> the actual topic. Nice. Uh, yeah, boom. Um, <laughs> so yeah. God is doing things. And I think that's the first point to tie that all back around to that little bit of wandering. Yeah. Uh, the sacraments and, and the way that we like to talk about it, John and I, as we were prepping and things is that the sacraments are things that God does that we participate in or receive mm, the yeah. sacraments. And we're planting seeds for things that will come to bloom in the episodes about baptism and the Lord's supper. Uh, yeah. But the sacraments are God's activity. They're things that God does. Um, and, and so when we're say, we say that they're effectual and we'll get into the, the nuances of this in the heresy that we, but when we say, and history, when we say they're effectual, when we say that these are actually accomplishing stuff, um, we are saying that, uh, because, uh, we're saying that God has said, this is how I do things, not, Hey, person taking the supper person being baptized. Look what I am doing. That's not what the sacraments are. They're not effectual because we do stuff. Um, the sacraments are God's activity. It's God working, God doing, God showing, God teaching. Um, and and we participate in them. We receive them. We, we we, we practice them obediently. Uh, but they are the activity of God. Um, that, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry. I've rambled a bunch. No, you're good. I think this is a good reminder for many of us because I think um, I think we typically tend not to think this way. We think of it sort of I, – I think this goes back to how we typically kind of have this works righteousness bent where when when we are doing something, we like to think of it as our own work. And so we're like, I got baptized. I took the Lord's Supper. And we put the kind of emphasis on ourselves there. But the point me and Josh are making from the outset is that – we merely receive God is the one at work in the sacraments. And so that's right. something important and kind of challenging to many of our own thinking. So I think it's, I think it's a helpful reminder. For yeah, me to get that's, to that's great. And I think there's a really important distinction there. Going back to that Philippians idea of um, work out your faith of fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work that yeah. there's this divine sovereignty and human responsibility element of the sacraments. Um, and that, that you must participate in them. Like if you are a Christian, you must be baptized, whether you're a Baptistic, um, which we'll try and refute later this season, or you are um, paedo-baptist, Christians must be baptized. And I think a lot of times we treat baptism as like, yeah, I guess if you feel like it and you have a a minute at church or whatever, but but to to not be baptized is to be disobedient to the Lord who says, those who love me, keep my commandments. Um, And same with the Lord's Supper. These are things that we are commanded to do, and you do have to do them. Um, yeah. But you doing them is not what makes them effectual. That's the difference. You have to do it. And if you don't, you're disobedient or you're um, foolish at, at best. Yeah. Um, but uh, the you being baptized and you taking the supper is not what makes baptism and the supper effectual. Mm-hmm. They're effectual means of salvation because God is working in them. I, th- yeah. I hope that distinction makes sense because I think it's important yep. and helpful. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I feel like I have so much I want to say about this, but I'm just going to save it all for like when we do talk about baptism, when we <laughs> right. do talk about the Lord's Supper. So I'll just right. leave it at that, and we can 
move forward. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so I, I guess quickly then to wrap up the Christ piece of it, right? This idea that it's not because of them, which we'll get to in the heresy of the week, mm-hmm. um, or in him that doth administer them, which we'll get to in the history of the week. Um, but it's by the blessing of Christ. And so that's key. A sacrament is a thing that Christ is blessed. In Matthew 28, Jesus commanded baptism. Um, in, in the Gospels elsewhere, multiple times he commanded uh, uh, the Lord's Supper. And Paul repeats that command in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, so they're commanded and blessed by Christ. Yep. Uh, that's essential to the sacramental identity of the thing. He has promised to work in them. Um, uh, <clears throat> which we'll get into uh, when we look at the specific sacraments uh, and he is yeah. the one who works in them, which again, we'll get into, but I think it's also interesting and necessary to look at how um, these are triune acts, right? That they are blessed by Christ. He is the one who mm-hmm. ordained, initiated, commanded them, uh, but they are made effectual by the spirit, right? So by the working of the spirit in them, um, again, that's how God works uh, is uh, by his spirit. Um and so it, these are things that Christ ordained, Christ commands, Christ blesses, yeah. um, that the Holy Spirit applies, act like works and does. And it's all under the, uh, the, the, the authorship and design and um, plan of the Father, that yeah. the sacraments are part of this plan of salvation, which is a work of the triune God, uh, which is why. We are baptized in the one name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's why we, when we take the Lord's Supper, um, there there are elements of or references to or appeals to the three members of the Trinity in that, right? Yeah. That on the night that he was betrayed, Christ did this. Um, and, and it highlights what he has done. And and so, yeah, yeah. The, like salvation and redemption are captured in these sacraments and so is the triune God who makes them effective. Yeah. I, I just realized something. I actually realized this while I was prepping for this. I thought it was funny. Um, question 91 talks about the sacraments, but question 92 actually defines what a sacrament right. is. And I yeah. always think it's funny that the, the definition doesn't come first, but yeah. um, I'm sure they had a good reason for it. Uh, but, but yeah, so one of the things I realized is we're explaining like, this is how Christ works in a sacrament. Um, but at this point we haven't given like a full definition of a sacrament. And so I would just, you know, encourage you to listen to next week's episode to get kind of the fuller picture on that. If that seems a little fuzzy. Yeah. And a lot of what I've just run through will be the the meat of next week. And I guess really quickly, a little teaser definition is that sacraments are, are outward and external signs and seals um, that uh, correspond to an inward and spiritual reality. Yeah. And and more on that next week. Yeah. Um, so yes, they're the works of God. Um, they are, are, are done by the Spirit uh, and then received by faith. And it's in those who have faith that the Spirit works. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's in those for whom Christ died that the Spirit works. Uh, it is... Um, the father who foreknew predestined called those for whom Christ died, who the spirit uh, works faith. And then by faith makes effectual baptism and the Lord's supper. Hmm. Um, and so again, just again, back to, to what, well, what you keep saying makes effectual. What is it? What do you mean by that? Um, 
when God created the universe and created the earth, he created plants again so that they would grow by sunlight and rain. Yeah. Um, uh, the only reason that what is in plants is made to grow by what is in sunlight and rain is because God made that to work that way. Yeah. Uh, and he sovereignly upholds the universe by the word of his power. Um, similarly, um, God strengthens, nourishes, and does other things that will impact later. Um, his people in the ways that he does that is by the means of grace prayer, yeah. which is next season, uh, the word, which we just finished. And then the sacraments, which we're in the middle of now. Um, and, and, and so in the same way that you need water and food to not die, um, your spiritual nourishment, uh, the means by which that is given to you are by the sacraments. Yeah. Uh, God uses means. We don't get upset that God nourishes people by food and water. Um, we shouldn't get upset that God spiritually nourishes people by the sacraments. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's a great illustration and sort of a good explanation, I, you know, especially what with the you know quarantining for the last couple years and sort of all of the kind of like discussion of virtual church and stuff. I think there is ah. often, yeah, Josh is a big fan. Um, just kidding. But I think there's um, been sort of this thinking amongst many Christians that when it comes to the sacraments, sort of like they're kind of optional, like, oh, no, I didn't have the Lord's Supper for many months doesn't matter like i'm sure it's all it's all sort of just like a an act we put on for god anyway god will nourish me in the ways he sees fit without it um and certainly he can nourish you without it it's not like he's enslaved to his own um creation but at the same time um that is the way god has made to feed his christian you know his people and so when we refuse or treat lightly his sacraments we are um, like Josh said, thinking, you know what, I can get um, healthy and strong without bothering to eat. Like, I don't need food. I can just, and it's like, no, you do. You need that. And so I think this is a great reminder to us that when we talk about made effectual, it's the way that God has made it that we can grow sp spiritually. It's not, it's not just like a, it's not a pill that you just pop and suddenly boom, you're Superman or, you know, you're perfect with God. But but it has the effect of growing us in grace through consistent and faithful partaking of it. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Cool. In light, uh, in light of that, I want to wrap up this section because again, yeah. we'll have longer histories and heresies Yeah. Um, by, by just teasing again, more discussions of baptism and the Lord's supper to, to highlight what we mean by, um, by faith, receive them. Mm -hmm. So the Holy spirit works in those who by faith receive them. Um, and, and so, Again, if, if, if baptism and the Lord's Supper are both effectual by the work of God, then a proper reception of baptism is like what Martin Luther said, that, that we are to look to our baptism mm. um, and believe God's promises for our comfort, for our assurance, for our, how do you know you're a Christian? Well, I look to my baptism. Um, and we'll get into that because, uh, again, you're looking at what God has done and promised to do, not what mm -hmm. you're doing, which we'll do later. Um, and proper faith in the Lord's Supper is, is faith that this is how Christ nourishes his people. Um, uh, and and that, that in this, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until it comes again. Uh, and, and it must be done with a discernment of the body um, and, and whatever, which we'll get into later. Um, but, yeah. but faith is, is uh, 
is not like a poor understanding of the sacraments that doesn't make it about that detaches faith and detaches the activity of God would say, look, I was baptized. And so the confidence I have in my faith is that, yeah, I made this decision when I was 12 or whatever, and I got (laughs) baptized. And so your confidence and your comfort is only as strong as your own conviction of the decision you made in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, and that's not faith, that's a, that's works. And that's not the, the efficacy of God. That's you doing a thing. Um, When instead it is, uh, that look what God has done and promised in this thing um, that I have received. And similarly yeah. in the Lord's Supper, um, you are not sanctified because you ate a tiny piece of bread and drank a little bit of <laughs> wine. Uh, you are sanctified because in that bread and wine, you are nourished spiritually by Christ who gave his body and blood for you. Yeah. Um, it is what Christ has done. And it is the faith you have in that thing that makes this sign and seal an effective means of your nourishment in light of what Christ has done, which again, we'll unpack with the Lord's Supper episodes. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts? No, I think that covered to... it, covered it well. And I think, you know, basically, you know, rolls us right into the history and heresy of the week. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, so heresy, take... er, oh, history oh. of the week. Yeah. History of the week. Story. Um, <laughs> first thing, Quick anecdote, not really that helpful, but fun, um, yeah. is that Martin Luther uh, famously kind of broke down when he was supposed to give his first communion as a monk. His dad was there. His dad was like kind of upset that he went to be a monk and, and priest instead of being a lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. But he came to support him and he like froze. And I think in the Martin Luther, I don't know if this actually happened. I can't remember. I've read a, It's been a minute since I read the biography. Um, but when Luther kind of froze and freaked out, uh, in the movie documentary about his life, he like spilled the wine, and that was like a big no-no. <laughs> that yeah, that was just rough. Like like the Roman Catholic priests often didn't give the wine to the people lest they defile and spill or whatever the blood yeah. of Christ. And Luther in the documentary um, just kind of dumps the whole thing, and you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, he interesting stuff. But anyways, yeah. the real history of the week, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the maybe more meaningful one is this, this Donatist controversy. Um, yeah. So brief history of Donatism also in various books, but I think most in the Enchiridion or maybe on Christian teaching or something, Augustine, maybe it's in Confession. No, it's not in Confessions. Yeah. Um, I think he absolutely flames the Donatists. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so the Donatists, Augustine, Means that gives you a little bit of a time frame, I guess, of, of when these uh, guys were. It's fourth through sixth century, I believe. Yeah, that's not, yes, yes. Um, and the Donatists were this sect, this group that considered themselves kind of the, the true Catholic Church, Church Catholic, small c, whatever. Um, and, and, and basically, their, their conviction arose out of the controversy of what one does with people who capitulated to persecution. So in various forms and in various ways and to various extents, Christians were persecuted in Rome for a while. Um, Mm. And persecution included obviously like beatings or imprisonment or being killed or being thrown into the Colosseum and killed slowly um, for entertainment um, and all kinds of things. And capitulating to uh, persecution included all kinds of things 
um, uh, uh, like giving up scripture or texts uh, if you are a, a bishop or priest who is entrusted with them. Uh, yeah. Offering incense to Caesar, uh, denying Christ in other various forms of idolatry, um, or or um, to some, and this is where we start to move into the Donatists. Uh, if priests were asked by Roman soldiers to give up the Holy Scriptures, and they like gave them a map and a grocery list, and were like, "Yeah, that's that's Romans," um, <laughs> and the Roman guards were like, "Yeah, whatever," uh, and took it, so they lied. They didn't even give the Scriptures, but they pretended to. Yeah. Some people even <laughs> considered that um, capitulating and yeah. and apostatizing, um, and so uh, eventually persecution stops. This is such a bad history, but it's like it's the level we need right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I... persecution stops, and there's this controversy of all of these people who capitulated, who 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 uh, offered incense or gave up scriptures or did something else. Yeah. Um, and they want back into the church now that persecution has stopped. And the Christians who's, who endured suffering or who watched family members eaten by tigers in the Colosseum or whatever were like, you can't just come back that easy. Uh, yeah. And so they fought about, what do we do about these people? Um, and then downstream from this uh, was the idea that if you receive the sacraments, that, that everyone who had capitulated had kind of compromised themselves and shown themselves to be not a true Christian. Uh, and so if you had been baptized by, say, a priest who uh, had given up his copy of Mark or whatever, um, or, or had been baptized by a bishop who did the same or something similar to that, yeah. then your baptism was illegitimate and your reception of Christ in the Eucharist was illegitimate. Um, Again, more Roman Catholic understandings of the sacraments, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, but still, there, uh, and so you needed to be rebaptized, uh, and only those who didn't capitulate or eventually were, were through penance and kind of they didn't. So the Donatists didn't really want people who capitulated back in. But yeah. if you were baptized or or given communion by those who were let not let in, even if you were faithful through persecution, you were still dirty to the Donatists and you had to make your way back in by right participation in the sacraments from whom the Donatists considered to be non-defiled priests and bishops. Um, and at the very heart of this controversy uh, is, is, is what is refuted in the question and answer that says uh, that they are not, uh, effectual by the virtue of him that administers them. Yeah. Um, and because what the Donatists believe is that the reason that your baptism had power and meaning is because of the virtue and holiness of your priest. And the yeah. reason that, that the Lord's Supper was anything effectual, spiritually meaningful or whatever, is because of the activity of the priests who, uh, who, who uh, what's the word? Uh, administer? Uh, no, there's another word I'm looking for, but like blessed or whatever the, oh, the, yeah. the Eucharist. Um, and so the whole reason that these sacraments are meaningful are because of the, the, uh, the activity of the priest. And so if your priest was defiled, then, then, then you were by default. Um, and so the, the large assumption in the Donatists and the controversy that was refuted by Augustine was that the sacraments are effective because of the priest. Um, and, and that is clearly nowhere in scripture. Um, it, is, it is wholly imagined 
in, in, in false understandings of piety and church tradition and the sacraments uh, and the priesthood. Um, and, and it's rooted again in a, in a works righteousness, even if it's the works of the priest and not you, it's a works righteousness. Uh, and what is clear from scripture, what is clear from the summary of scripture found on the catechism is that baptism and the Lord's Supper aren't effectual or meaningful because of the guy giving it to me. But again, because God works in them. John, clean me up. Nice. Uh, thanks for coming up for air there after 14 minutes on the mic. Okay. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, but yeah, basically the idea, like Josh said, is that all the emphasis was on who was doing the baptism, who was administering the sacrament. I think even like, let's say Josh baptized me, which he didn't, but let's say he did. Um, Josh baptized me. And then years later, he he handed over copies of the scriptures. I think that would make my baptism still ineffective and I would need to be yes. re-baptized yeah. because yes. I would be true. Cause they'd be like, well, he never was one of us in the first place or something like that. Yeah. And so it created this like terrible cycle where um, you like had to be baptized by someone perfect. And, and so it just was clearly far from what was taught in scripture and was all about this works righteousness. You have to do well. And not to mention, it also was just extremely unforgiving. Like it was merciless. Yeah. Graceless. You know, you, yeah, yeah. self righteous. The Ugh. the Donatists, um, if if you handed over the scriptures, there was like no way back. You had abandoned, you had you know you were Judas. You had abandoned Christ, and you were dead to the church, like basically full on excommunicated. Get the heck out of here! You're never coming back. Um, so it was it was just a brutal system with no sort of grace to it. So this is why Augustine just goes you know, goes crazy against it, trying to bring it down and dismantle it. And eventually it did lose steam. I read one thing. So the, uh, so the guy who sort of was famous for starting it and gave it its name was Donatus. Um, and Uh. yeah, surprise. And apparently he, (laughs) this is one of those like kind of unfortunate things. This guy just was like, just lived forever. He was like a, priest or whatever for like 50 years or something like that in the church and so that that didn't help the cause that this guy the you know the the main engine behind it just was just never giving up on it but um that the other thing that made this so uh kind of and this is actually true of pelagianism as well one of the reasons that it was hard to refute was because the people were so morally you know externally at least good like they were very pious. They followed the rules. They didn't, you know, they practiced what they preached to an extent. Um, and so it made it difficult to refute because you're like, I don't know, Donatus is looking super holy over here. And so it made it very difficult for, you know, arguments against him based on that. You couldn't just discredit him as being like, this guy kind of is a lunatic. You know, like he looked like he was doing the right thing externally. But but this is a great um, this is this is funny because this is just not something that we struggle with anymore. Like, I don't I don't think any of you guys probably have wrestled too much with kind of the oh, no, the guy who baptized me like, yeah, was a sinner in and some special my faith way. Is illegitimate. People yeah. have struggled with the horrendous things done by by pastors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's caused them, well, maybe this is modern Donatism. Maybe, maybe the modern Donatism is 
the deconstruction of Heroes of the mm. Faith. That my faith is strong because Josh Harris changed my life and now he doesn't believe anymore. And so maybe oh, my faith that's... is illegitimate. Yeah, Boom. that's that's nice nice spin, Josh. I was actually Thank I was you. just thinking that as I was I was like, this is sort of there's something applicable here where we get so committed to following individuals more so than the Lord that when an individual is shaken, we're kind of also shaken. Right. Um, yeah. Or yeah. We think, yeah, we think that because the people who for some, it, the, the people that, uh, that were meaningful in our lives, um, totally abandoned their faith. Well yeah. then how can anything that I benefited from them with be legitimate too? Yeah. And in the same way, that the Donatists of old were wrong and that the sacraments are not effectual because of the holiness of the priest administering them prior to or after he administered them. Um, we are wrong to think that God cannot, if, if God can justly judge Israel with Assyria, mm-hmm. um, God can, can draw a straight line with the crooked stick. That is every celebrity Christian who has deconstructed. Yeah. I I think I especially thought of this in the last uh, you know year or so. Whenever the there's all this like Mark Driscoll, um, rise and fall of Mars Hill, all of this sort of thing. Um, so many people related to Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll's church. Mark Driscoll was a big uh, mega church pastor out in Seattle who had like a some moral failings and whatnot. Um, but so many people were like, oh, I you know I just sort of couldn't be a Christian again or something along those lines because of this one leader that they were so committed to that when he, you know, wasn't able to live up to expectations and fell far short, they were like, well, looks like I'm out entirely. So, yeah, well, this is, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be learned kind of even from, you know, something that seems a little foreign on the surface to us, you know, being a distant controversy. I think there's a lot for us to get out of it and think about. So we're thinking about yeah, cool. Heresy Sweet. of the week. Heresy of the week. All right, Take it let's, away. let's go. So the heresy of the week, as you as has been hinted at, in the question it says, the sacraments uh, become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them. So the question itself, like I said, is seems to be directly addressing something. And that heresy, uh, of course, as we've already suggested, is the Roman Catholic understanding of the sacraments so the uh the roman catholic view of the sacraments um basically is ex opere operato which means from the work performed so the idea of it is that the sacrament itself in and of itself contains the power of you know the the grace given so the the means of grace is literally just receiving or is just in the sacrament itself. Um, Josh mentioned earlier, Martin Luther, um, uh, perhaps in his first communion spilled the wine. The reason this is such a, you know, the reason this is such a big deal in that time is because Martin Luther was part of the Roman Catholic church at the time. And in the Roman Catholic understanding, the wine and bread literally turn into the body and blood of Christ. And so to spill it is to spill the body and blood of Christ. So, the power of it is in the literal thing itself. 
Um, and therefore, anyone who takes it doesn't really matter who you are, what you're doing. Uh, it's the mere partaking of the thing, whether that be baptism or the Lord's Supper. Um, it's the mere partaking of it that has the power. You know, it doesn't even it 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 doesn't really even matter like what your mindset is going into it. Literally, the thing itself. I think I made I mentioned this earlier. Sort of like a sort of like a pill. You pop the pill and boom, it has the effect. Um, it's not like oh my mindset taking the pill or my spiritual disposition or my faith in Christ matters. It's it's I take the pill and it does the thing, right. um, which is kind of a brutal way to put it. And I'm sure you know it's it's probably kind of painting broad brush strokes but it's that is essentially the idea <laughs> yeah i was like I, I feel mean saying it but but that is the view and so i, I think that, that you feel but, mean because that, that sounds derogatory to you but the response wouldn't be no and maybe i'm wrong on roman catholic please correct me but the response wouldn't be no it's not that simple uh it's not just like that uh but uh but i don't think that would be the response i think the response would be Yes, and that is like it's because Christ instituted these seven sacraments to be effectual in and of themselves. That's why they ought to be taken so seriously yeah. and be treated so reverently. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's not a bad thing. That's how they're designed to work, which yep. we would just then disagree on, which we'll yep. get into. Yep. Later. Um, yeah. And side note, just because Josh mentioned it, the Roman Catholic Church holds to seven sacraments. Protestant churches hold to only two. Um, well, good Protestant churches hold the only two, <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that more. I think probably at length next week when we define sacraments. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, I just just in case that was confusing then, to anyone. No, yeah. Um, okay, I uh, well, I was just going to add another thing. You, that was really good. Um, and this is going to be a little bit of again something that we'll get to in the baptism thing mm -hmm. but you know I, repetition is the mother of learning and you'll hear it here and we'll repeat it again and, and yeah. it'll be clearer one of those times or whatever but i think the so again like john was saying you can just go there and get the bread and wine which is part of why catholics only let catholics take it because mm -hmm. well that's yeah we can we'll get into that if yeah. that episode um but uh so many teasers to keep you coming back i Ooh. know um, <laughs> uh, but uh but but so like Anyone who is baptized properly by Rome has their original sin washed away. Mm -hmm. that, that's the belief. That, that's what we mean by ex opere operato, by, from the work performed. Yeah. Um, that, that, um, that baptism washes away original sin. Done. When, oh. when the priest baptizes you, that has happened to that individual in that moment. Um, where yeah. a reformed understanding of pedo baptism is that um, that 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 child who is baptized, um, uh, if they are one who by faith receives uh, that baptism, um, then that baptism is and, and this is again a little hard without going into the whole thing of what baptism yeah. is, but we'll get there. Um, like that baptism is effectual. Um, but it is not effectual because that physical baby had physical water on them while the priest said certain things. Yeah. Um, it is effectual because the Holy Spirit worked in that, in that person who has faith. 
Um, and you're like, well, shouldn't they be baptized when they have faith? And we'll get that later, but no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, the idea is again, that, it, that, that the recipients of baptism aren't just anyone and anyone who receives it does have their original sin washed away, which is, which is why mm-hmm. um, a better understanding of paid baptism in a reformed church is, co- is covenant family baptism. Yeah. Um, that you're baptized. Um, uh, that, you're, that, you're brought that, into the covenant community. Because your parents are members of the covenant. Yeah. Um, a Presbyterian would not go and baptize uh, a random child whose mom was a Muslim and dad was an atheist. Like that yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't happen. No. Whereas uh, uh, conceivably, if that circumstance arose, a Roman Catholic would. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. or or if that baby was baptized, um, but well, let's make it nominal. Like, let's say you've got a nominal Catholic who uh, who hasn't been to church on a day that wasn't couple mom and dad who hasn't been yeah. to church um, on on a day that wasn't Easter or Christmas since they were married. Um, <laughs> and they could bring their child in and it would be baptized and they and their priest would all believe that that infant's uh, original sin was washed away. Uh, but if you had people who are nominally Presbyterian in a, in a Orthodox Presbyterian church, same scenario, if they walked in and were like, hey, we'd like our kid baptized next week, the elders would be like, who are you? We won't do that. Uh, um, come Be- under membership. Member. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then we'll talk about baptizing your child. Yeah. Because we believe that it is a matter of faith, not a matter of, hey, you got sprinkled. Yeah. Those original sins are gone. Now, so begins the, the struggle of the sacramental system. Yeah. And <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're good. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like there are a lot of like very, um, you hear of, countries where catholicism is very dominant there's there's sort of like a just get you know doesn't even matter what your parents believe you might as well cover the base baptize the kid um and and that's kind of something that we'll talk about more later but yeah so the so the reason um anyway so like josh said that is not the uh reformed or really the protestant at all understanding well good once again good Protestant understanding of the sacraments. It's it's not that they do the thing just because they're a sacrament. Um, it's they're received by faith as the as the um, uh, question explicitly teaches. Um, Josh, question for you. Yes. If you are ready. Um, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> what would so let's say let's say let's say a Roman Catholic were here. And he said, well, yeah, that's, of course, that's the way that they were meant to be. Um, that's what we see clearly in Scripture. Um, the, the thing itself does the thing. What, what would you, how would you push back against the Roman Catholic? Um, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to go into great detail, but maybe, maybe give the people a little just 30-second tidbit on kind of what you might say in that situation to kind of refute the Roman Catholic view. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here also. So no, no, that's, that. I like that. I enjoy yeah. that. Um, hopefully I don't blow it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> right. one thing, one thing that I would point out is that um, there is clearly in first Corinthians 11, a wrong way to, mm-hmm. to take the Lord's supper. 
um, that, that judgment, sickness, illness, death even, have come to the Corinthians because of their irresponsible taking of the Lord's Supper. And, and the Roman Catholic would not be able to, they would not deny that. They, again, yeah. they bar the table. You, could, you have to be Catholic to come. Yeah. But their reasons for that uh, and the, uh, uh, the way that they do that is, is all about whether or not um, uh, yeah, you're in communion with Rome and not about um, the, yeah. the, the matter of the manner of taking the sacrament, really. And, and certainly there, there's a little more there to unpack. But yeah. one again, oh, yeah. so if, if it matters how you do it, um, if there is something about, and again, that's not what makes it effectual, God's work does. Um, but that reality is part of it. Another thing I think, again, going a chapter backwards, um, if we look to the uh, the discussion um, of this of Paul in First Corinthians ten, um, Paul says, uh, "Our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and they were all baptized into Moses uh, and uh, uh, in the cloud and in the sea, and they all ate the same spiritual food and same spiritual drink." For they drank the same spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And if we look back at that wilderness narrative, the reason they were uh, overthrown, the reason God was not pleased with them, is because of their lack of faith. And so there is a clear picture, and that, I think, summarizes the narrative of Scripture that is summarized explicitly and implicitly, or taught explicitly and implicitly elsewhere. Um that that it is not merely the doing of the activity, especially if you look back at the sacrificial system, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, God does not delight in these. Like stop bringing me your bowls. You Jeremiah yeah. seven. You come here and then you go praise Baal uh, later. Like stop doing that. Yeah. Doing the things I command isn't enough if it lacks faith or is mixed with idolatry. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's what that's a nice. quick answer. Yeah, I think that's good. I was I was thinking of the sacrificial system as well because I think that's a really helpful angle to look at like no matter how you know they could keep throwing goats up on the altar and and they would think that would allow them to do whatever they please but the fact of the matter was that god was not pleased simply because a sacrifice was there there was no heart in it no faith no obedience and change of heart in it i think one final thing i would add um and this is a little bit of a longer discussion as well but i would add just simply like you know it Nowhere in the Bible does it say uh, baptism doesn't wash away original sin. But it also, you know, I feel like the onus of proof is on someone to show where it says baptism does wash away original sin. It's sort of a, it's, and this is what you kind of see with a lot of Roman Catholic things. There's, it sort of is the Bible plus some tradition. And, oh yeah, um, which is, which they openly admit to. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dig in no, not at all. Mind. Not at all. They, you know, it's it's clear. But my point for anyone listening is like the reason they think that is true is not because it says that anywhere in the Bible, but because they believe it is grounded in tradition. And this would go back to me and Josh, who I, I think we did a Contra Roma a while back on basically, is it scripture or is it scripture plus tradition? Um, is it sola scriptura or sola ecclesia? Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's a contributing factor as well, but yeah, Yeah. that's a, that's a longer issue. We'll talk about the individual aspects. We'll really get into all that a lot more in the coming episodes. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like this was just like a teaser trailer for 
you know, for the upcoming episodes on the sacraments. So anyway, stay tuned. And if it raised questions, send them to catechized at gmail.com or to our DMs on uh, Instagram at catechizedpod. Speaking of, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We, we hope that you uh, enjoyed this, found it helpful, found it thought-provoking, um, inspired further study. Uh, please come back next week for more talk on the sacraments, uh, and, and we'll have articles back on the website as well starting on Wednesday, starting with that two-week hiatus. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, share with a friend, a family member, a stranger, or whatever um, that, that you may think would find this helpful, or share it with the Roman Catholic and help tell them <laughs> to point out all of our mistakes about Rome. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, follow us on Catechize, at CatechizePod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out our website, uh, catechize.org, where there are articles every Wednesday, except for when we suck, uh, <laughs> like the past two weeks. Uh, we have a Patreon. Thanks to those who support us there. Thanks who support us with prayer, with recommendations, with reviews. You can leave those on the app, which is helpful. Uh, catechize your kids. We'll see you next week. Tweet farewell.